Teachers, we're going to start this episode by playing a game. In a second, I am going to ask you a question. And when I ask this question, I don't want you to overthink it. I want you to just hear it and you have to pick one or the other. Because we are going to be playing a teacher edition of Would You Rather. In the game of Would You Rather, you get two situations. Oftentimes, you either don't want either of the situation or you really want both of the situations, which makes it difficult to process, oh my gosh, because there's pros and cons to both. So I'm going to throw out a question. I want you to marinate on it for like five seconds. And I actually want you to say your instinct out loud. Whether you're on a treadmill or walking the dog or in the car, I want you to go with your first instinct. You're not allowed to overthink it. Okay? Here's the would you rather question. As a teacher, would you rather never have to grade anything ever again? Or would you rather never have to sit in a meeting or a professional development that is a waste of your time? Okay, I'm going to repeat it real quick and then you have to give your boom instinct. Would you rather never have to grade anything for the rest of your career? Or would you rather never have to sit through a meeting or PD that is a waste of your time? Go. Did you say your answer out loud? If you're like, wait, 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 that was too quick. No, that's actually the whole point. There is an opportunity to use would you rather as a massive learning opportunity, as a massive chance to get kids talking and debating and engaging and looking at things from all angles. But it's not an ordinary would you rather. It's a would you rather remix. And in this episode, what I want to do is make this remix crystal clear for you. Because this is something that I use in my classroom every single Wednesday. I call it Would You Rather Wednesday. And I want to unlock the secret of success so you can have dynamic discussions in your advisory, your morning meeting, your social and emotional learning time, or just to have a ton of fun and build connections with kids. I promise you are going to love this episode and it is going to create so much awesome, hopefully for all 180 days of your school year. Let's get after it. There is awesome in every single school day. the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities? Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question, and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta, and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. Let's go back to the original question that I asked. 
Would you rather never have to grade again or never have to sit through terrible PD or meetings? Now, even though I created this question for you, I actually answered it for myself. And my initial instinct was, it would be so cool to never have to grade anything again. That was my gut reaction. But immediately after I said that, my brain, my heart, and my head started weighing out the pros and cons. So I'm just going to do a brain dump with you because I wonder if after you selected your answer as a teacher, you started to be like, but wait, 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 and you started second guessing things. You created almost this, like this flow chart or this T chart in your head. Because if I never had to grade anything again, my first thought was like, oh my gosh, it's going to save so much time. But then I thought, I'm not going to have really a pulse on how kids are doing. Because as teachers, when we grade things, it really gauges where students are and that guides how we teach and how we reach kids. So if I wasn't grading, I would still have to study the data and look at the numbers. And I love doing that. I love looking at numbers. I love kind of charting progress and looking at trends and and finding deficit areas. So I was like, oh, well, I would be sad if I didn't have to look at those numbers anymore. But then I'm like, but I still would because I need that to indicate growth. I would want to celebrate those successes with grades. And then I thought, well, yeah, totally. If I never had to sit through another dumb meeting or a terrible professional development, think how much time that would save. Like if I knew walking in that every meeting was going to be useful and every PD or every speaker was going to blow my mind, maybe I would look forward to those meetings. Maybe I would look forward to really trying and engaging in new things with my colleagues. And so all of a sudden what happens is we start rationalizing. We start analyzing, which is the point. In fact, this is the exact structure that I use with my students. Here's what I mean. On Wednesdays, I do something called Would You Rather Wednesday. You've done probably Would You Rathers with students, but I want to show you the process and the depth that I get with kids because of some simple tweaks that I make to create conversation, to create controversy, to create conflict in our heads on like, oh my gosh, should I have voted for that? So the way that it works in my classroom is I will present a topic and I ask students to do exactly what I just asked you to do is give me your initial instinct and we get those numbers from an entire class by doing a super secret vote all the kids put their heads down in my classroom no sneaky peekers don't be a cheater pants and looking around the room I'm going to present a question and just go with your gut go with your gut on this raise your hand and keep your head down as I'm tallying these up with what you truly believe as a first instinct So uh, in this episode, I want to walk you through a hypothetical question that I would ask to my students because I asked you a would you rather that was very teacher oriented. Grading papers and PD, that would mean nothing to kids. So here is something that I created for kids that gets them talking. The question is, would you rather get first place once or get second place a lot? I'm going to repeat that because maybe I want you to answer that as an adult. Which, which does your gut say? Would you rather get first place once or 
second place a lot. And when I announce that, I give no clarifying questions. If kids are like, well, what's it in? For what activity? What does it mean? Nope, it's just gut reaction. Can I tell you, I have done this actual would you rather with students. And I did the super secret vote. And in a class of 20 students, the gut reaction of my middle schoolers, they were seventh graders, was 12 kids voted for first place one time. The gut reaction of eight students was, I'd rather get second place a lot. So the way that this works is we get preliminary data. We get preliminary first instincts. And that actually is now a catalyst for conversations. I write those numbers on the board so kids can see what their peers voted for. I don't write down their names. I don't write down who said what, but I just write down first place got 12 votes, second place got eight votes. And then it's time to brainstorm. It's time to create some pros and cons. It's time for kids to take a step back because I didn't give you much think time. But now, let's pause and reflect. Let's hash this out. What would be some really cool things about getting first place once? What would be some really cool things about only getting second place a lot? And as we had this conversation, I actually had kids envision an activity that was important to them. And you know what's really interesting? Before we even started doing the pros and cons, I went around the room and pulled a few popsicle sticks of kids. And like, as you're thinking about first place or second place, what activity were you envisioning? And I had some kids envisioning a sport like golf or basketball. I had some students, it was super funny, envisioning an eating competition One kid was like, I envisioned myself just pounding Oreos. And another student said, oh my gosh, that's funny. I envisioned myself doing peel and eat shrimp, which is so funny. And we had a great conversation about it. I had some students thinking about it from like a job and money perspective. They're like, I want to be first place at my job. Or I want to be first place with the amount of money that I make at the job. See, because it's super open-ended, And we don't say, here are the exact rules. Here's exactly what I'm looking for. It causes kids to be creative with how they're thinking about things. I think in some areas of our life, we have to give kids tons of details and be super specific and be very clear. And I think when it comes to social emotional learning or a morning meeting or an advisory or a homeroom type of setting, I think we can intentionally be vague. Not to confuse kids, but to cause kids to think through what does that actually mean for me? So all these kids were envisioning their specific things. And then I started taking notes on, all right, first place one time. What would be the pros of that? Like what would be really cool? And here are some of their actual responses. One kid said, it means you are the best. And then another kid raised their hand and said, yeah, but only for that moment. You were only the best for that moment because you are never allowed to get first place again. And the kid argued back, but yeah, but that is a moment that you will remember forever. That moment people will remember you for. And somebody else said, yeah, but if you get second place a lot, 
it's clear that it wasn't an accident. If you get second place a lot, you are consistently good. So what matters more? That one shining moment or the fact that you are consistently getting second place? Another kid said, yeah, but getting first place is just such a really special thing. And you'd probably get like a really cool trophy. And another kid said, yeah, but think of how many second place trophies that you would have. In fact, one kid literally envisioned a room that he would have in his house where he would put all of the second place trophies. He's like, I would literally create a shelf and it would just go around the room because I could get second place over and over and over again. And yes, a first place trophy is bigger, but second place trophies are still pretty big. Another student said, yes, but with first place, people admire you. Who do they interview after some sort of activity? Who do they interview after a sporting event or something like that? They interview the first place person. So you would have a lot of spotlight. And then somebody said, yeah, but second place is just almost first, just one person behind. In fact, one kid was so hardcore about getting second place a lot And they justified it because they said that means there's always room for improvement. If you get first place once, do you stop trying? If you get first place once, do you become stagnant in life? I want to hit pause for a second. Just to remind you that everything that I am explaining in this moment came from 12-year-olds. These are not my reflections. These are not my adult brain rationalizing it. This is me repeating what students said. In fact, I've done this exact same question with third graders and the conversation was oddly similar. I've done this conversation with high schools and this has been oddly similar. Sometimes what's interesting is the way that it six-year-old and a 16-year-old processes things is really, really different. Rightfully so, right? Age, life experience, brain development. But oftentimes, the heads and the hearts of our kids, the way that they are feeling and thinking can be very similar. I love this Would You Rather remix because it got kids debating in competing about competition. I think one of the biggest complaints that we have as adults and as a society right now is how kids win and lose, how kids compete. People have very strong opinions about competition in school or competition in the classroom because they're like, kids have such a bad attitude. Kids are such poor losers. Or not everything has to be a competition. Can't things just be fun? And while I agree with all of those things, and I totally hear you, I think probably the underlying message of all of that is our kids don't know how to lose. Our kids don't know how to disagree. Our kids don't know how to just have fun with something. See, there doesn't always have to be a trophy. There doesn't always have to be a right or wrong answer. And with a would you rather, there isn't a right answer. These are opinions. These are thoughts. These are feelings. These are rationalizations that are personal to the person speaking about it. 
And after we've had all of these things written on the board or on post-it notes, like we've had this incredible classroom brainstorm, guess what I do with students? We revote. At the very beginning, we did that boom instinct reaction of here is what I would pick. But in life, we don't always have to go with our guts. In life, we don't always have to make a rush decision. In fact, in life, one of the greatest life skills we can have is to make a decision, make kind of a hypothesis, and then learn a lot, collect some data, reflect, and then make a difference decision or feel really good about the original decision that we made this is life 101 this is processing and applying based off of something as simple as first place or second place or grading papers or professional development you know what's really interesting is when we re-voted and kids got to either keep their vote their same or switch their vote the numbers did change They didn't stay at 12 for first place and 8 for second place. It actually moved from 9 people wanting first place to 11 people wanting second place. It changed. It flopped. It flip-flopped. And that's okay. It's okay to have kids change their mind. And you know one of my favorite things that I heard during this conversation that I'm just facilitating like I'm just the person writing their responses on the board what I heard from kids so many times is oh my gosh that's a good point or like oh dude I didn't think about that or like oh shoot yeah that's true that's true even if they didn't agree with what was being said they heard it They complimented or connected with it, and then they internally processed it. So I think we have to give the kids the chance to say, hey, would you change your vote? Why or why not? See, this would you rather remix really has nothing to do with what kids are saying, but it's about how kids are processing it and how kids are hearing others. But here's another thing. Not every would you rather question is going to get kids talking like what you just heard. I've actually experimented with this over the course of the past 15 years in my career. And I have specifically found 36 would you rather questions that absolutely get kids talking, debating, engaging, having controversy and conflict, but also appropriate competition. I have found 36 that work really, really well for middle school. And I have found 36 that work really, really well for elementary school. And of course, there's some crossover. But what I did was I took all of those questions that I know work, that I know are going to spark some sort of life conversation or some sort of like, you know, something that kids need outside of the content and curriculum that we already teach and preach. And I took all those and I created... 36 would you rather Wednesdays that are remixed for your classroom and I bundled those together in what's called 180 days of awesome SEL you may have heard me talking about it on this podcast or on my social media but here's the thing you guys 
This is a point in our society where people are realizing, holy cow, kids need extra support. Kids need a time and a space to have these conversations and I have a conflict in a safe and structured way. Which is exactly why I released the 180 days of awesome SEL curriculum. Both the elementary edition and the middle school edition. I use these in my classroom and they freaking work. And every single one of the 36 questions for the Would You Rather Wednesdays, I promise you, you are going to have the dialogue that you just heard my students have. You're going to have that in your classroom and your jaw is going to be on the floor and you as an adult are going to be like, holy cow, I never would have thought about that. It's really cool what happens when we give kids the time and the space to hash things out and to feel things on a life level. If you are curious about what this would look like in the context of your classroom, if you had all 180 of these lessons, you can check out monicajensa.com forward slash 180SEL. I'm going to put a direct link for this in the show notes, but this could be the thing that changes everything for your classroom culture, your classroom relationships, and the social and emotional learning of your students during morning meeting or advisory or homeroom or just in your classroom setting. Again, you can check out monicajensa.com forward slash 180SEL to find more about both of these versions that I am confident is going to create so much awesome in your classroom. So, Final question. After you really started processing about grading papers versus never having to attend terrible PD again, what did you decide? What's your final answer? Did you switch your vote? Did you go from saying like, forget it, I'm I'm not going to grade papers. That's dumb. I hate grading papers. Some people absolutely hate grading papers because I'm going to tell you I switched. If I could never go to a waste of time meeting or a waste of time PD again, I would choose that. Upon reflection, I would choose that. That would mean that every single PD that I went to was meaningful and every single meeting that I went to is meaningful. That would be a massive teacher win. And I do think that's possible. I think when we pick PD that is personal to us and something that is a good fit for our school, Please, you guys know this. I'm a huge believer in professional development for teachers can be awesome with relevant ideas, practical things, stuff that's easy to implement, stuff that doesn't take a ton of time or money. Like that's the kind of PD that I lead. So I know that it's possible and I I want that for your school as well. But what's your final answer? If you enjoyed this episode, will you reach out to me on social media? Send me an email. Send me a message on on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or the TikTok and let me know that you listened. I would love to have a conversation with you either about 180 days of awesome SEL or have a conversation with you about what you picked as the teacher would you rather. I hope this episode was super meaningful for you and I hope that you are ready to have so much awesome in your classroom using this type of lesson. You can check it out at monicajensa.com forward slash 180SEL. Thank you guys so much for listening. And most importantly, thank you for living this teacher life.